0: the We're Alive FanCast. And now, your hosts, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 16 of the We're Alive Fancasts, where we cover every new release of We're Alive I'm Mr. Moorns. <laughs> and I'm Mr. Redbeard. <laughs> okay, just kidding. I'm Mick. Oh, sorry. Okay, you're
1: back. Thank God. I don't want to do this show with anything that sounds that annoying.
0: <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Mrs. Magoo or whatever. <laughs> whatever. And sorry if that spoiled you too much, uh, but our show is... We're definitely going to be spoiling Chapter 40, Part 2 of We're Alive... Monsters, where the trial began. Yeah, O.J. <laughs> Guilty. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. <laughs> they found the medicine. I thought. I always thought it was the uh, the drug killers. Good old puck. I <laughs> uh, gotta love it. So, what's okay? What was the iTunes review you got this week? We got one. <laughs> it said, uh, "Subject line: Fun podcasts. Five stars by Sane Newby. He says, uh, so glad I found this podcast. After getting my weekly fix of We're Alive, I follow up with this show. The guys are hilarious, and I agree with another re- reviewer that said, uh, the PG rating is refreshing. I really enjoy their ongoing dialogue of uh, love pegs, hate pegs. I personally fall into the feed pegs to the zombies camp. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> love that giggle, Redbeard. That
1: cracks me up, man. <laughs>
0: That is good. I told you people were going to like your laugh. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> this is awesome. And uh, I don't have any other intro stuff. I don't either. So, we want to just jump right in there? I'm ready. So, there's a little typing
1: at the keyboard and a little knock at the door. Who do we have there?
0: Well, we have Pegs knocking on, I guess, the CJ headquarters area. whatever, Wherever, whatever that is. Wherever it is. It's somewhere in the colony. Probably not still at the hospital, but... Or in the middle of the street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So This is a real
1: interesting piece. Pegs is being really naive and bubbly with her silly cow names. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all, you say. But on a a positive note, she has a really high yield on the crops. And most of that will go to the cows, especially the ones producing
0: milk. So she has that going for it. Definitely not most of it going to the cows because they can't even store all this stuff. They're getting so much food, unfortunately. Uh, it's causing a storage problem.
1: Well, grain is a lot of work to grow. So I don't know how they're doing it. Maybe they're just, uh, grass grazing, but either way, props that they found live cows.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And I was really enjoying this, uh, the more of the day to day survival stuff. That was a lot of fun without, without them getting too much into the weeds, you know. It was really fun to see them go about that.
1: Right. And I did not enjoy the, her
0: entry into the show,
1: because I was just annoyed. But it it was really cool once they got into the meat and potatoes of it. But, you know, CJ seemed really stressed out with the dwindling resources of the
0: colony. Yeah, she's painting a pretty bleak picture. And they had, you know, they're def- definitely doing a compare-contrast thing here with CJ's, you know, complete pessimism never gonna you know things aren't gonna work out here to pegs is uh there's a bright light somewhere and always trying to offer a solution to whatever problem to help cj through this but also to kind of help the colony she's trying to step in there
1: yeah help wherever she can balance of being naive and optimistic <laughs> Yeah, so, like, there's fuel issues, which they're using the fuel for generators to cool the food, and that's not going very well, because they're really limited on the fuel they already have with the, with the, uh, gun trucks. And they're limited on gun trucks. And I guess unleaded gasoline for the normal cars is going bad. Hmm. So, my first thought was, oh, why don't they use a root cellar for their food? And they ended up saying that just short, I mean, just a few seconds later. But on top of that, they have water as an issue. Who
0: ended up saying that?
1: Uh Pegs. Pegs offered it up as a solution. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's
0: a pretty good idea. Yeah.
1: So I'll give her credit on that one. Once, <laughs> I, I will give her this. As, as soon as someone is worried, upset, or there's an issue that she thinks she can help with, she does strive to find a solution. But it's usually...
0: I'll just leave it at that. You you get you get one. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised. That You're surprised he you stepped out that far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was definitely evident this scene. There was time and time again, just point after point, she was trying to offer some kind of solution, whether or not it was a good idea or not. But that's how you get to a good solution is you gotta talk through things. I mean and that's definitely what they were doing. But ugh. Yeah. It's it well it's it's leading towards somewhere I think and they talk about Glenn and who's working on the windmill and i think ultimately that's where they're going that's going to help resolve a lot of this arc of and they talk not about having,
1: what it's for
0: right of not having power and I, I do see that eventually we're probably going to get there and that's going to help resolve this problem
1: i, I was uh relieved to find out that it wasn't anything to do with natural
0: gas it was a it was like a water main i should have known i mean that's what most windmills are for anyways is pulling well, groundwater well, out no, what threw it off, though,
1: is what looked like a gas meter. From our perspective, it gets colder here, so the water meters are usually underground. Any, like, the water mains and that kind of thing are usually going to be underground. Not sticking up somewhere like that, because that would bust open almost every year. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I was glad that we had a uh, specific purpose for the for the windmill.
0: Yeah, that's cool, and I hope Tattoo puts whatever... And all of a sudden, they can power everything with it. So,
1: you know, I thought it was it was pretty crazy. Like, this is such a big deal that CJ said that if they don't get it to work, they're going to have to look at finding another place. Right. And that's not even possible that's because not, of the gas issue.
0: Exactly. And she also, there's so many different areas she covers that are, I mean, it seems like every single thing they're doing is not sustainable. And she also talked about the ammo situation. But I'm glad yeah. I don't either she hadn't heard about it or she's not completely believing that this Mata gun is the answer. I don't, I don't think it's an answer for... The big ones. Because she, she specifically mentioned the big ammo they were running out of.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's okay for a behemoth. It's okay for one-on-one close-quarter shots. Right. But it, beyond that, for a, a horde of zombies... You're, you're toast. That's not going to do. That it. would
0: be the smaller arms,
1: right? So I don't know. Maybe they haven't presented it to her yet. I, I want to see. I want to hear that thing in action.
0: Oh yeah, I can't wait till they take down one behemoth and then many. Hopefully, yeah. And a little one. I want to see that too.
1: Seriously, yeah, because they got the hard chest plates. Mm-hmm. So she even brings up CJ. Brings up Michael fighting her over the gun trucks and his mission out there looking uh, into ink. Right, and uh, it's shortly after that's where Pegs brought up the root cellar. But I thought that was because she was trying to offer up some more solutions to the things, the bleak outlook she was painting.
0: Yeah. So, and then you know, I guess Pegs leaves here, and uh, we'll get to it later. I'm guessing this is probably though to kind of feed forward a little bit. I bet she calls Michael pretty much pretty soon after this scene, and probably to talk about a lot of the stuff that happens here. But
1: right, and I'm wondering. If CJ was confiding in her some of the issues, so that she could help in the same way that Michael was
0: having Peg's help with CJ, like back and forth between mom and dad. We're exactly there in the same spot. That's what I was thinking too. Was you know get Peg's ear because she knows Michael is gonna he- at least hear from her for sure. If not, yeah. not <laughs> listen to her.
1: Yeah, so and I think. I think they both know that that's the case. Mm. I, I'm sure CJ knows that he's using pegs to that degree, and I'm, curi- I, I'm really curious to see what happens. I want to hear that conversation.
0: Wasn't it crazy to hear that they're even using refrigerators? Did you ever think they were doing that?
1: No, that's pretty crazy. I, I, I keep trying to think. I'm like, and a lot of offices have uh, those little ice makers. That's mm-hmm. all the, their, their sole purpose in life is just making ice. And they're less power consumption than a fridge or a freezer. I was thinking they should just make ice boxes or convert the fridges to be ice boxes because that it wouldn't take as much power. Right. I don't know. Just I was just brainstorming. But before we leave this section, there is a line from CJ that was just kind of set the mood for the rest of the episode, and I just kept thinking about it. What was it? She said, "Who knew? The only thing they had to do was wait us out." Oh, the the ending line. Yeah. And I, I
0: was just like, holy crap!
1: That,
0: yeah, all the that stuff sounds. They do. That do, sounds terrible. It is terrible, and I, I kept trying to think of something to really say about that. But I mean, it, she's kind of said it all. Was that she doesn't? For right now, it sounds like she doesn't think there is a solution because you know she said like her the CJ line that you hear anytime she's planning is I ran all the scenarios. Yeah. Um, which I don't know exactly. I mean, I know what, that, what she means, but that's kind of funny.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, you know, like it's like with the water issue. A lot of California has very little water. For the Los Angeles area, a lot of water is pumped in from a ways away. So I understand the water issue because it's hard to put in perspective when you live somewhere that has a ton of water
0: around you at all times. Right. We got a favorite line in from probably Adam. I bet. Oh no, somebody else. Sweet. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's like. Normally, Adam sends us a favorite line, but this is from somebody else. Yeah, the well, the water problem is definitely it has to be an issue because it is a desert, and the only reason it would be green in those areas is because a lot of engineering to get water to these locations. Yeah. So they're definitely definitely going to be running into a a water issue. I could see that for sure. Let's see. I guess the only really note other note I had was um, it seems obvious and I guess this is kind of my prediction for this segment at least, is that the windmills will get working. It's going to solve this. And if it doesn't make CJ at least more optimistic, it'll relieve this problem from her plate.
1: Yeah. I don't know how they're going to fix this. I mean, it's probably going to be dot two in the water pump for the moment, but long term, I don't know what it would be because that's still relying on a the, the water from the,
0: the city infrastructure. Right. So I, I don't know. Is it? I thought they were pumping from a ground well. Are they? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a gr- yeah, they have a ground well. I was looking at the picture, and it looked like a yeah, that picture, a water main or I something. Don't, but what that's yeah, like the, the picture. But the the cover arts. Cj, yes. Yeah, Cj specifically says a ground well. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Since that's the only thing clean enough to keep everything healthy, or keep everyone healthy. I'm glad they. No. A, lot, a lot of people, you know, Walking Dead plays fast and loose with a, uh, to borrow another podcast term for the way that you play fast and loose with the bodily fluids. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad that they make a point to say, yeah, we're not gonna drink the water that could be contaminated, or even you use know, it on our crops and things.
1: Yeah, the Walking Dead doesn't cover a whole lot of day-to-day survival stuff.
0: They're doing, they do some every now and then, but yeah, not a, every not a... now and then. Well
1: epidemic stuff here lately to a big degree
0: well they've been doing farming and uh keeping your weapons out in barrels outside with the big sinuses weapons (laughs) and things like that yeah Uh, i think
1: we killed that section you ready to move on to that?
0: absolutely moving on to uh victor and tanya i guess they're running into some miscellaneous building at ground zero and we hear the storm ramping up oh yeah the uh, first point I wanted to talk about, I guess, was um the building shaking, the, the kind of a little tremor earthquake action.
1: Before we even talk about that,
0: I, I just wanted to make a note here saying that uh, I got sucked
1: right back into where we left off. I, I was, my heart rate <laughs> started going up, and I started getting nervous. And, I mean, it was almost immediately <laughs> to where we left off last time.
0: Yeah, when I heard the footsteps and the running, I was like, where are we? Please be Victor and Tanya. Please be Victor and yeah. Tonya. And it was
1: but yes the the earth's shaking,
0: yes, that was excellent,
1: oh, yes, I was like, thank you.
0: I wanted some answer with the the gas. I wanted to know if Tanya was immune to it. well, Victor says it's a strong one, but this is about the shaking at least, and then i'm I'm thinking they're all strong ones, at least the little ones are, and they they broken the tanks and helicopters, I mean, they're strong, but i didn't mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he meant you know that's shaking the whole world as far as he was concerned yeah. because it led into the earthquake type sounds and then there's like you said there's gas again the haze is coming back and i remember you had a one of your complaints last week was that it's kind of a cop out it seemed like that the gas wasn't there anymore and we're going to have to wait even longer to get a sample but and
1: i uh, and what i was wrong
0: i didn't know i didn't see this coming at all well, i think no, it's I... shut down permanently whatever the gas yeah, thing was but it was very interesting to hear that, and that no, the the number seven did not run away from it. Nope, and he didn't. In the entire scene, did he even act like it affected him? So I I was wondering if if they're
1: different, or is the run of a mill zombie still have going to still have those issues? Or I I don't know because it, they they not, they noted before when Victor and Saul went there that there was no life. Like the bodies hadn't been touched, nothing.
0: So there's a reason the zombies were staying away from the area. Right. And maybe this was, uh, I don't know exactly how to word this, but Tanya mentions a kind of a, uh, kind of a blanket statement, I guess, to inform the audience or that maybe she doesn't, maybe her character doesn't know this, but she says, you know, I don't know. If the little ones can't, or the, it sounds like she said they, like all the zombies can breathe here. I can breathe here and Saul can breathe here. So, you know, she didn't like that. When, I, when I, she said they, I was thinking, does she mean all of them or just the little ones? Now, i got the feeling she meant all of them. Hmm. Maybe, but she she may not have all the information, but it seemed like one of those statements that is being made to fill the audience in that, okay, zombies can be here.
1: Well, I'm kind of hoping that it's only the little ones or, you know, the number of ones mm-hmm. that can breathe there because it means that they're not really evolved versions, but, you know, I think we use that for lack of a, of a better term versions of the zombies and if tanya and saul are even more evolved beyond that where they don't lose sense of their humanity i think that would be really cool that would be cool but you know this was something interesting too that i i don't know if you thought the same way or not but when victor and saul went there before i thought the only reason saul could breathe is because he was further away from that area at the time that maybe if he was closer to the area, he would have issues. But I
0: guess this clears it right up. No, they were together because they were passing the mask back and forth.
1: Right. And it wasn't until they got in the car that he left it off. And so I was thinking, but well, maybe... at that
0: time was having trouble because I think they ran out of air and right. Victor couldn't breathe anymore.
1: Right, right. And But I was thinking it had to do with the proximity to the area, but
0: that yeah. got cleared up for me in a heartbeat. Yeah, Tanya's sniffing it right out of the crack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> choice <What>? of words
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought when Man. I said
0: it I was like this might sound like that <laughs> Then he took it. I, I
1: wouldn't it. <laughs> I wouldn't even
0: it's not even an outtake just leave that in there <laughs> yeah. it would fit too though oh my goodness okay so we got a sweet little chase scene yeah, Victor so and they to, run to get away it. and so they go, I guess they go through like a little hole in the fence and Tanya's harness gets stuck. <clears throat> and so she slips out of it.
1: Well, uh, Victor has to cut her hair loose.
0: Yeah. But but I say all this just to get to the point that the little one was stuck in the harness. This is one small problem I have and, I, and I'm willing to definitely overlook it. But I'm not going to believe a little one stuck in a harness or even a chain link fence for more than a second or two. <laughs> Like, yeah, like they, we said her already, they rip through tanks. Right. Uh, it's not really that big of a problem. It's just a small inconsistency.
1: Unless he was affected
0: by the gas. Yeah, yeah. That that would be cool.
1: It <laughs> would when they shot that tank.
0: Yes. So, <laughs> oh, <my> gosh.
1: <laughs> I, All I could think about was, was Mythbusters. Blah, 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 blah. Mythbusters. Did I send you the link? Oh, to what?
0: I, I looked up because I was thinking... That's another thing I thought about this this particular scene was I love it and I'm willing to definitely suspend uh, disbelief to enjoy seeing you know picturing a, a little one being thrown around by this tank. <laughs> but there's no way I'm thinking that that could actually even happen. So I started, no, I started no. googling and YouTubing, uh you know, shooting uh, scuba tanks. There was a couple pretty lame ones. Like one got caught up under some underbrush and couldn't really take off, and another one just kind of fell over and shot out all the compressed gas. But <laughs> there was one where they hit it and the thing shot up like a rocket. I was like, that's what I was looking for and I meant to send it to you. You had to look that up? No, no. I know we have experience. That was, that was I know awesome. we have personal Fun with experience. A smaller type scale compressed air uh, shooting, but Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't
1: even care. I was like, that's awesome. But all I like to think about was some of the ones they've done on Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. And I could just see this dude getting tossed. Which I could see him getting knocked back. I couldn't see him really like flying through the air and scream, you know. But
0: I don't even care. It was an awesome scene. Yeah, it was. It was totally fun. But I just I have you know feel like I have to say that since we're covering it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I did love it. Let's see what uh.
1: I don't want to go test it for myself. I actually
0: wanted to Google. I I was like I'm not even going to do it but I thought about I I should google like you know person wearing scuba tank shot and tank or whatever because that would be a great I mean it would be terrible but I'm sure it's out there I'm sure it's out (laughs) especially in post apocalyptic fiction let's see what else we have in this this segment
1: so Tanya got her sample
0: yeah so they went back and Tanya got her sample like you said um
1: As number seven was getting back up. And the line, this this is a funny line. So Tanya said, how can he survive that? And Victor said, lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think, or do you think Saul's going to be mad at Victor after this? For cutting Tanya's hair? Because they're not going to be able to talk about what they were really doing. So she's going to look pretty disheveled when she gets back.
0: Oh. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure Saul so will we'll have the inside scoop on that. <laughs> yes, he will. He's not in the. Uh, he's definitely in that circle of trust. Yeah. But so they he radioed. Um, Artania radioed. Was it Matt? I couldn't quite grab the name off that. I uh, didn't even. Whoever bother. was out on patrol and asked yeah. if they felt the aftershock, earthquakey type thing, and he didn't even have a clue what she was talking about.
1: Nope, they didn't feel it. It was. It was local to Inglewood only.
0: Very, very... Or isolated to Inglewood. Yes. I don't know... I, I don't know what to make of this gas stuff. I mean, I'm sure it's chemicals, and we'll probably have all the answers. We just can't put it together yet, but...
1: Well, I'm wondering if some of this is going back to, uh you know, like some of the research that's being done in the uh Arctic, where they're drilling down, they find bacteria strains that are incredibly ancient and just thinking about if
0: something like that got unleashed into the world today Mm -hmm. what it would do to our population hopefully nothing because we've made it so far past that it'd be like oh it's like (laughs) earliest version of the cold we got that beat
1: well i mean the other side of it is okay it does nothing to us but what if it affects like it's a some kind of viral thing in animals that easily translates over something that evolves really quickly right that that's
0: that's my biggest fear well then i know what to do i go live down deep in a ice-cold rock in the antarctic (laughs) well there you go (laughs) problem problem solved solved. (laughs) next question throw them at me (laughs) you Uh, want survival i got survival i might have one for you later oh no
1: So now we're back at the courthouse and it's Puck, Michael, and Kelly well Puck, Michael, Kelly, and Robbins in the courthouse and um, Muldoon and Carl are at the truck.
0: So they said they can't just go look it around because there's 20 floors in this building.
1: This place is huge. Yeah, it's, so,
0: yeah I guess I didn't think about LA being so big but I, I picture, you know, one story building, you walk in, the courthouse is in the middle of it, or the courtroom's in the middle of it. Like a county courthouse or something, or... right? No, I was just oh. picturing like basically freaking Back to the Future clock tower courthouse.
1: <laughs> yes, that's that sets for rental too.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna buy it. You're to buy it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what I thought was interesting in this scene was that the uh, the door locks are uh, battery powered, and so the key cards and things still work on them. I don't know how long they last. Yeah, really, because I, I know
0: ours go out when there's a bad storm.
1: <laughs> well, oh, well, yeah, those are powered though. They don't have a battery. I mean, there is a battery, but it's not that big. Right. I'm thinking of the ones in hotels. They have like nine volt batteries or something, in them, mm-hmm. and they last for months. So without anybody using them, I guess they could last this long.
0: I didn't really. I didn't bolt any sections. Or any part of this section, like I like I normally do, and I'm wanting to talk about a piece of it. That's so. Just...
1: Well, they're they're going through. They're looking for the judge's chamber. So they're they're going up there and they're looking for, I guess, the court records and that kind of thing. And um, it's around this time when they're still searching for things that Pegs tries to call Michael over the radio. And you made a note about that. Do you have something else you want to talk to in addition to it,
0: or? No, I had that in the next scene when they're entering the surveillance room.
1: Okay. Well, before they get there... Is and the I next... actually
0: don't have anything to say about it. I think I kind of said the little bit I was going to say.
1: Okay. Well, the, next, the next thing that I have noted is where Michael's... You hear his journal entry. <laughs> the, this was funny. This is great. Kelly was useful for once. <laughs> and he starts laughing. He says, hope you're having fun transcribing this. And he says, Kelly, the overworked, wonderful, gorgeous, brilliant princess. (laughs) And uh, he says, with the ugly and horrible Michael close behind.
0: (laughs) And I I also felt like this could totally fit uh, Miss Tammy Klein, who plays Kelly. You know, overworked, just crazy, crazy (laughs) hard-working woman.
1: Now, there was some kind of a tapping. I thought it was typing on a keyboard as if... As this journal entry was being stated out loud? Yes,
0: that's what that's what I took out of it.
1: It sounded like it may have been typing or something, but it didn't sound like anything like the typing that was used in the very beginning when CJ was well, typing right, something. Because it computer.
0: was Kelly, she was transcribing it, and then when she got to this part, I took it as it made her mad. like, And she was like, tet, 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 tet. Like, or did she slow down and start doing like
1: small keys at a time because she's getting choked up? Uh-oh,
0: Michael's dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> and let's see, and uh, Adam, he tweeted about this this scene specifically, and he said, you can tell that Kelly changed it so it complimented her a bunch. So he had a different take than both of us.
1: Oh, that's hilarious, as <laughs> if Michael never said right, that. Right, that would be really funny. <laughs> but, the, you know, there was no inflection or, you know, there was no sound difference in the different key in a different key so i was wondering if they were punching keypads on the in the courtroom while this is being played out mm. it it sounded it it was like the same noise over and over
0: i uh, yeah I'd, I'd stand by it being her taking the notes mm. pretty sure well i i just don't see my problem with it is that
1: it seems like it would be a very it can it would be an inconsistency to, to the way that my uh that um uh, Wow, my mind just went blank. But the month would be a very inconsistent for Casey to do because the keyboard sounds are so natural in other scenes, and then this one was one tapping sound repetitively. That's what made me think it was a keypad on the door. I mean,
0: it could have been her hitting backspace repeatedly to remove that part out or something. I don't know, but I yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that. I'm going for no. <laughs> so what 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 would they have been pressing there uh, where they were then where were because they had where they weren't quite into the surveillance room
1: i don't know it, i was thinking a keypad or going through something trying to open something along the way i don't know i want to go back and listen to it again
0: i listened to it three times that's all i got
1: that's
0: all i could come up with too and but it didn't sound like the keyboard or the keyboard noises from other episodes. And the first time I did, I went back and listened to it for just enhanced comedic effect because I thought it was so funny picturing Kelly typing like, you know, <laughs> that Michael was saying this crap. Uh, that's about, that's pretty close. Maybe Casey will be listening to this one and he can give us some feedback. Yeah, he's going to say, uh, too long didn't read like he did that one time. <laughs> too long didn't read? I don't remember what it was about, What what we had written. He just he just said TLDR. Like okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so at some point, Puck said, "There's nothing here," and Michael gave him a jab,
0: saying, "Like it, Radon? Yeah, just like last week, nothing here. We should be safe. Then Puck said, "It's clear, guys."
1: <laughs> oh, and this is at the this is the point where they reach the courtroom. And who's it? Was it Kelly that said some? Who's the one that said OJ?
0: Uh, I think Kelly mentions that that was where OJ was tried. And Puck
1: called him guilty.
0: <laughs> he did. He said, yeah, the, <laughs> this is where the guilty guy sat. <laughs> so
1: they they found a handful of case files, but it's a lot to go through, so they're just going to take all of it with them. And then Puck stopped and they were asking what he was doing, and he said, I'm thinking.
0: And what did Robin sell? Robbins told him, you know, don't hurt yourself. I just kind of felt bad for Robbins because that was kind of a weak comeback, and he's just like Chris Farley and uh, like uh Tommy Boy trying to get back at Richard for all the times he's made fun of him. <laughs> Shut up, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: Puck comes up with the idea of reviewing the security cameras. I'm trying to figure out why they didn't just take this equipment with them instead of killing all these batteries to
0: make it work. Where did they get the car batteries from? I don't know. It sounded like they had them in the truck. So they went back down seven flo- nine, seven floors, whatever it was, to... Yeah, nine floors to get some car batteries to bring back up here.
1: Well, I'm thinking the the security room's on the first floor somewhere. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I was trying to go through this in my head, too. I was like, that's a, that's a lot of work. I would have just took the equipment out of the room and brought it back to one of the safe houses or Dunbar to review it. Unless... I,
0: the Well, see... I was gonna say unless the, the the data was stored like in a server room away from where you would watch it. Well, if that was the case, you definitely couldn't power that up with the battery. Oh gosh. So no. no, it would have to be stored there, which is not would not make sense. But it's some kind of
1: digital tape or digital something. But it, it and it's probably just a DVR of some sort. But they're searching the cameras, and as they're searching the footage, Michael is trying to get into a safe. I uh, I guess Tanya made some kind of crack like you're not gonna get in there.
0: Unless <laughs> well, he lets them try for quite a while Yeah <laughs> <sighs> little subtle humor
1: So before the batteries died Puck was successful in finding uh, ink on camera And the
0: moment you've been waiting for
1: So they said it was three regulars starting to attack the van mm-hmm. And they were pulling at him and he was fighting them And then just all of a sudden stopped and they made a
0: note that he never screamed the entire time they were fighting him. And I, but I don't know if they knew he was fighting them because all they said was they thought he that they got his arm. So I was trying to, I don't know. I was trying exactly to figure that what out was too. going on?
1: It was hard to decipher, but the rest of it was really clear. And so they, like, it then everything went quiet. So they skipped forward maybe 30 minutes. And as Ink exited the van... They said that all the zombies that were well, there ink just
0: froze. Kicked the van open from the inside. That's
1: right. That's thanks for the better explanation.
0: <laughs> and then he yeah he steps out. And it, like all the zombies froze and just started looking at him and faced him even. Yeah,
1: and that that is
0: a that is a wickedly awesome scene. I I can't wait to hear more about this. Yes, and I hope they can get. Yeah, there may not be any more information. He may walk past the camera. and You wouldn't see him again there. But, you know, we talked about this last week. We kind of said, you know, you you had said that you thought maybe what or what if ink had, I forget what the word you used, but it basically had them come do his bidding and come free him from this van. And then mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, maybe he somehow got turned already out of the, what was the ink from the stuff, you know, from the tattoos that, that had the chemicals in it or what. Then he busted out, and it was kind of like, it looks like it might be kind of a mix of those two. If if I was to try to fit our theories into this show, it would be (laughs) that, yeah, these guys are somehow under his control. They came to him and maybe even stuck his arm out the window for them to bite him to do the transfer to, uh you know, zombify him where he could have the power to release himself and take over this thing.
1: Right. Now I'm wondering if some of his research, if he wasn't using himself as a guinea pig and whatever that is made him kind of the alpha male among these like a hormone or a pheromone thing. Right. I don't know. I keep thinking about ants and then I start thinking about the, uh, the sweat experiments and that kind of thing too. Mm -hmm.
0: So I'm, I'm wondering if that's how they establish who's in charge dominance thing. And if it's not like how I just explained it or whatever, mixing our theories just for our sake, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> uh I'm trying to think what else would it be then? I mean, cuz it didn't really sound like he was fighting that much. I mean,
1: I'm kind of where you're at. I think it's intentional. I think he stuck his arm out on purpose.
0: I'm thinking that's uh well, of course I just said I thought that but <laughs> Yeah, I don't want
1: to, I'm, I'm rethinking it. that.
0: Huh? <laughs> I'm rethinking that. I'm rethinking it even more. <laughs> this time with extra thinking. Alright. Well, that, it was, it was an awesome episode. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a scene by scene coverage. Well, the next thing, normally we don't have this portion of the stuff because we don't have a lot of new characters to talk about and what we think about them, but, uh, this week we had three new characters. Uh, I had Mrs., uh, Mrs. Magoo, Mr. Moore, uh, and Lady Grey. Lady Grey? Yeah, that was another one of the cows, I think. Alright, uh, other than the silly little cows, how about the favorite lines in the show? We had a lot of, a lot of tweets with favorite lines. Thank y'all. One from Chris W. It says his favorite line was Michael talking about Kelly being an overworked princess. <laughs> I'm kind of in agreement there. That was pretty good. Yep. And it's going to be one or two clicks here because, a uh, Funky Dung, he said, uh, he asked if we recorded 40 dash two. And, uh, cause his favorite line was Victor saying, what? Oh, come on. At 1245, uh, when seven <laughs> got back up. <laughs> that's, that is, that's good. And you want to go ahead with your favorite line first? Uh, mine was the thing about Kelly. I thought that was hilarious. The overworked princess. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite was, um, Was Victor, and you already said it earlier, when Tanya asked, how could it survive that? And Victor just says, kind of nonchalantly, lucky number seven. (laughs) That was a good episode, man. That was good. Which, How good was it? Because this is the ratings portion. You know,
1: I I felt like things I I was disappointed in last week were directly addressed. (laughs) I can't give it less than a five. It was
0: awesome. Yeah. And which, like we said before, um, it's hard rating these small parts because you some, sometimes need to have the whole chapter to be able to rate what happens. But maybe that's something some, we should do is just not give our ratings until the close of the chapter. Or we could give a chapter rating and amend them maybe. Because I just kind of have fun throwing this stuff out there. I do. Too. But I'd give it a six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I gave it a. I'm good. definitely gave it a. F- it's got to be high because I mean this was a great, a great one. When you get ink smiling for the camera almost. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going with four seven five. It's a, it's really high up there for me. I really liked this episode. Four and three quarters. Four and three quarters. I, I I'm going a solid five. That was, I liked it. That's pretty awesome too, especially with as much as Pegs was in it. <laughs> got a five.
1: <laughs> oh man. That picture's painted so clearly.
0: Yes. What picture? I'm so dumb. Such a blonde. (laughs) Is she blonde? (laughs) I thought she was dark haired.
1: Well, she is after that one.
0: (laughs) Naming the cows. Uh, At some point, somebody's gonna
1: eat one of those cows. Somebody,
0: yeah, right? I mean, this is complete satire, but somebody make her her upset. Why is she so happy in this zombie apocalypse? Be sad like everybody else and downtrodden it's because she's ray of sunshine get out of here
1: what is that silly term i heard once? she's a psychic vampire she just sucks the energy out of everybody around her that's why that's why cj was so depressed (laughs) so we can just make things up about
0: characters we don't like now
1: (laughs) Uh, pretty true i mean she walked in the room and cj was all depressed cj was already michael michael hasn't been anywhere near the
0: colony and that dude's been on it and happy Oh my gosh, she <laughs> she stepped up and wanted to help. She stayed positive through negativity. Dang it! She They're offered going a in. solution or two for every point C.J. brought up.
1: You're right, 90% of my comedy...
0: And she ends is, optimistically... Uses psychology. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, because I already did. I fit <laughs> in a little box. You can see my face. I know, I can see the look of... Smug. My, eye, my eyes went up like Kenan Thompson in SNL.
1: Yes, I exactly.
0: I was doing it here just now. <laughs> Smug. Smug satisfaction. For water on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So the next part is, uh, you know, in the news, I kind of wanted to cover um, any news about the actors and actresses because there's not a whole lot of We're Live news every week. And if there is, it would be something like when they join Nerdist or something like that. But if you guys want to send us anything you hear about the actors and actresses, that uh, any kind of projects they have going on, anything new with that, or new with one of the somebody working on the show, I'd love to cover it here and uh, kind of share that stuff.
1: And I was looking up; there was something new from Claire. What's uh, that? Was it from Claire Doda? The awards for that movie she's in? No, she's she's on the website for Slough, Hampshire. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly or not. Yeah, Slough Hampshire, Slough Hampshire. Yeah, she's, uh, she's on the cover of it. Oh, cool. That's the,
0: isn't that a movie she's in?
1: I think so. So the tagline on it says, uh, live free or die. Here's a, there's a synopsis. Cool. See, something cold, something blue, something sorrowed, something slew. Not till we are completely lost or turned around do we appreciate the vastness and strangers, or strangeness of nature. In June 1994, one of the most brutal slaughters in history occurred in the woods of northern New England. Four months later, history is about to repeat itself. Oh, that sounds
0: interesting. So I guess a little horror flick. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a year or two after this. Wow.
1: <laughs> so if anybody's interested in that, go check it out at com. Got Facebook open. Deanna's all over it. Yes, she is. She's awesome. Oh, she said loved, loved, loved the English guy.
0: Oh, yeah. She absolutely did. I think that's <laughs> somewhere in here. Oh, yeah. You probably do. She's getting, I read that in yeah, the he's, wrong it's one Yeah, it's one of our very last... Uh... Sorry. Totally spoiled that. <laughs> Dang it. Sorry, guys. If you guys haven't listened to the rest of the show, you need to go ahead and listen to the rest of the show and then come back to this.
1: Yes. No. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... For the question of the week.
0: Which was, uh what character in We're Alive has the most to be thankful for, and why?
1: You know, I've taken the time to read everybody's answer. And you're all wrong. <laughs> Every one of you. And the reason everybody's wrong is that everybody should be thankful for Datu. That's the real
0: answer. Yeah, yeah the real answer is, you should be most thankful because you have Datu. <laughs> yes. All of you.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just started thinking about it. I was like, you know, we could have lost everybody in the tower except for like one or two if they hadn't had running water.
0: Or generator. Or generator. Or a gate. Half the other the stuff. In and out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Half the other stuff. Everything. And of course, yeah, Tommy did the cameras. Good job. The
1: helicopter.
0: Every one of them would be dead. Man. That's wild. Well, Haventon Wilson on Facebook, he said, Saul should be most thankful. Uh, CJ explains it was, uh, it was the... <laughs>
1: and, and I'm just kidding, everybody. You just wanted to l- let that go, and so everybody would be, like, festering over the holidays for
0: me. Oh, I think they all agree <laughs> with you, honestly. They're like, he's right. He's right. This weekend, this Thursday, oh, when we're carving that turkey, my family asks what I'm thankful for. Davidson says, <laughs> Saul should be the most thankful. Uh, CJ explains it best when she kicks him out of the colony. He should be the one uh, saying grace at the table.
1: So Mark Davis says, yeah, definitely hope Tanya and Datu have helped her out a lot. And maybe Kelly because Michael gave her so many chances, even though she was a total... <laughs> <pure, a> they <total laughs> that left the tower and Lucy because she's a man. She has a man. She has a man. Oh, okay. I, I'll confuse myself. <laughs> I, I, I read it and I was like, wait a minute. I know that it doesn't sound right at all. Because <laughs> she has a man like Saul that would do anything for her. And, of course, Mike and Bert and Angel always
0: backed up Saul no matter what. That's right. Everybody should be thankful. Elisa uh, says, Saul, and uh, because family, love, and friendship are still alive. No, they are also alive. Uh, that's a that's a good note too. We're alive. How about Pinstripe Robert says Chris Eads?
1: <laughs> he should be thankful that he that he has been a god for three and a half seasons, with armies at his command, people fearing him, and by the sounds of it he's only he's the only one with a decent attire. <laughs> <laughs> Styling. He should also be grateful Michael hasn't unleashed the fury of a thousand sons onto <laughs> his Stuff Boom. <laughs> that I <laughs> thought it'd be a different, be a diff, a bit different with my answer. Obviously,
0: that, that was awesome. We like, we like different. Deanna replied. She liked ink for an answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Deanna said. I also think mink, mink. I also think Mick should be thankful that I did not use this as a platform to speak about all the negative reasons Pegs should be thankful. You're welcome, Mick. I told her. Uh, I replied back. I said, Tell her, go ahead. I'd love to hear it." And then she, she did. said, "Okay." She
1: unleashed.
0: She said, "Hello, I'm Pegs." Hi, Pegs. Do you know what day tomorrow is? It's Thanksgiving. So since I do not learn from the past, I have convinced CJ to celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> I am, sh- I am sure fire could never strike twice. I will start the celebration with what I am thankful for. I am thankful for my florist background so I can dictate how to grow potatoes because it makes me seem much more important than I am, especially to Mick. I am thankful for my friends having a lot more loyalty to me, or having a lot more loyalty than I will ever have because it has kept me from being off by scratch. <laughs> I am so thankful for Michael, the man I can string along and keep my whittle wapdog, and keep as my wittle dog, just in case things fall through with Carl. <laughs> That is awesome. Although I think anyone can see Carl and I belong together. Okay, who's next? (laughs) I am sending a cosmic high five to you, Deanna. That was incredible. (laughs) Yes, and she also uh, replied back, and she said, Oh my goodness, I am thankful for Mick and Redbeard. Thank you, Deanna. Very thankful for you, too. (laughs) (laughs) That was, wow. That was really well written. Really, she spent some time on that. I like that. And Josh, I could totally see her saying some of that stuff. Josh, her husband, (laughs) he had finally had enough of it. He (laughs) replied back, I am officially promoting Team Pegs. (laughs) And to continue on the original post, I am thankful for Pegs. And Pegs has so much, much, much to be thankful for. Riley helped her to the roof. Michael and the boys saved her. But Pegs should be most grateful to herself uh, because she gives a story drama. Boo. And making her one of the most important characters of the story. Boo. Boo, <laughs> Pegs. Boo. Boo pecs. <laughs> no, yay, Pegs. Yay. Well, you know, he
1: summed it up really nicely
0: in there that everyone has helped her out. I'm glad she's growing crops for the colony. And that's why she should be thankful. That's right. Not everybody gets along just by being so awesome by themselves. Well, that's only because of Michael. I think
1: somebody would have dumped her somewhere a long time ago. Well, you know, when she didn't want to fight and learn how to shoot the rifles and stuff like that back in the day, a lot of people were done with her
0: then, wanted to write her off, thought she was crazy. Hey,
1: Mick, what are you doing for Thanksgiving?
0: Well, I will be uh, going over over to my wife's house, family's house, for Thanksgiving on Thursday, and I'll have a get-together with my family and my new niece, and of course, my brothers and all that on Friday. And so we're going to have a good time this weekend visiting and just having a lot of good family time. How about you?
1: Cool. Uh, I, we are opening up our house to a bunch of people that don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving. So it should be interesting. I think we're going to have about 15 to 20 people. Awesome. And, uh, Mrs. Redbeard's mom for sure is coming over. Maybe her dad too. So, but we're just going to have fun. I like cooking. You do.
0: You're a good cook, too. It's fun. Very cool. Let's see. We're ready to move on to caption business. We're ready for captions. We have a grand total of one caption uh, submitted good. on Facebook. It was Elisa again. She says, and this was the caption for uh, the album art, just dot two, we're guessing, climbing up on uh, the big windmill in the picture. And she just says, what does she say? Sorry, this is yours. <laughs> she says,
1: Datu saves the world!
0: <laughs> I, 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 it's so true.
1: Without Datu, they would be royally just hosed.
0: <laughs> Casey just tweeted. <laughs> I, said <we're, laughs> uh, I said, we were changing our names. Our new names are Mr. Moorns and Mr. Magoo to <laughs> Regan. And Casey wrote back and said, What about Lady Grey? <laughs> okay i told them that's funny we were just talking about old lady (laughs) gray
1: oh speaking of casey i know he's working hard and getting that musical episode together
0: that's right didn't they have a tweet this week said musical episode something yeah
1: yeah and oh oh chris
0: said that i should probably play a role in that (laughs) he did didn't he
1: yeah i'm gonna play randy Yep. We're gonna, I'm going to have an epic solo.
0: I don't have all the kings quite worked out yet. I guess Casey's going to be rounding up everybody to kind of get this thing going. It's coming out of left field. <laughs> oh wait, it said no musical episode. No! In the no musical. Caps. Darn. It's okay.
1: I can't sing it. that well anyways.
0: We'll see. We'll see. In a year or two when he gets to thinking about We Were Alive and how awesome it was. Yeah. We'll be hearing it.
1: Don't have any regrets, Casey. You know, one day you're going to look back and say, you know what, I should have done that.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Oh, Let's see.
1: We got some more listener mail and
0: tweets? That's right, and Facebook. A lot, a lot of Facebook activity this week. Actually, it was up 2,200% over the week prior. (laughs) Blew my mind. So, uh, let's see. You want to take the first one? Listener
1: Melon Tweets. We got Mark Davis on Twitter. I think the cover art is hitting maybe. DATU is going to build some windmills to power the colony. Yep. And
0: Sounds found out it's to get watered. Yep, yeah, hopefully it moves more to powering lots more stuff too. Eric Williams, Funky Dong says, I'm the four-star review guy. I'd totally forgotten what my username on iTunes was. It was Latin for uh, political radical. It was yeah, it was weird, radicus something agent something. I can't remember exactly.
1: Hmm.
0: He also and I, I apologize. I'm like, oh yeah, you know I, I screwed that up. He said, don't be sorry. It was a great comedic moment. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> See, dead review said just finish your
1: episode. Five stars. Also, Pegs reminds me of Andrea from The Walking Dead. They're both easy and annoying. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like both of those characters. <laughs> what is up with you? No, I could I could find, you know, Andrea made me so mad in the Walking Dead uh show. But that's what I that's felt, what talking about here's, though. Here's what I felt bad about though. The actress uh I think Lori Holden was getting taken the task by fans because of her portrayal of this character,
1: but that's, but that's not what we're talking about. I mean, I, I okay, and so, I love and Alyssa so, Elliot,
0: and so I felt uh, she, you know, she and she could identify with her character, and because everybody would bash her, I would, I would try to find reasons to like her, and plus, it doesn't hurt that in the comic she is as close to a superhero as you get. She is awesome.
1: Yeah, but there's never been a comic with, with, with pegs in it.
0: No, no I have, pegs. No, I have no way to. Peg stands hey. on her own. Peg seems like a real person.
1: Yeah, but I don't like. I don't dislike really Alyssa wanna... Elliot because of Pegs. I like Alyssa Elliot. She's awesome, and I like Lori Holden. She's incredible too. I loved her in every interview she's ever done, and some of her previous work. It, that has no reflection upon the actor, but
0: I don't like the character. I can. I can do that. Yeah. I can separate the two. Oh. <laughs> You don't have to rehab my view of it. I've found ways to like her because everybody hated her so much. I still didn't like a lot of the things she did, but I didn't, no, but, it, I didn't it, but I didn't hate the character. It
1: made it sound terrible like I'm gonna hate Alyssa Elliot because I don't like
0: pegs. No, I was tr- I was going I was rounding about to complete a thought and that was just on the way to get there. None of it had to do with you not liking Lisa Elliott. Elliot. <laughs> I love that she go for the underdog and said, "You know what? I'm gonna like you." And she ended because you're awkward. She ended the season strong. Yeah, Andre but, did. On, Without spoiling it, kind of. You know,
1: I don't know. You know what it reminds me of it? Reminds me of Ben Stiller movies. It's like you. No one should ever put themselves in that predicament over and over and over and just constantly screwing stuff up. <laughs> It's terrible. It's just like watching a train That's wreck right. over and over and over, and there's nothing you can do to to fix the situation. Yep. They're just gonna keep being terrible.
0: Let's so, see. Yes. So next, uh, nerd is the word. He says, uh, "I started listening a week ago, and I'm totally hooked. Keep up the great work." He wasn't talking to us. He was talking to We're Alive. But I, I wrote back to him. I said, "You know, wow, what a marathon <laughs> listening to all that, all those three seasons in a a week." He replied back to me. He said he's listened to the entire series twice now, and starting his third stretch. And so the first tweet was back at the beginning of November. So it's been roughly a month that he's listened to the whole thing twice.
1: I think he's been hanging out with the mayor of Toronto. <laughs>
0: well, a little extra time on his hands, if... <laughs> no sleep.
1: <Golly. laughs> oh, man. Okay, so Dufus Monkey said in last week's episode, Tanya found a loose fitting. On the scuba tank, supporting my theory that CJ CJ tried to kill Victor. And let me. I thought I thought this was crazy when I first read. it. I was like, Whoa, what?
0: That is, before we get too much into it, uh, this ties right into it. Deanna on Facebook, she said, "I was wondering back when Saul and Victor first went to Ground Zero, if CJ sent Victor with a bum tank to get rid of him. When Tanya said it was something just came loose, it made me think the same thing again." It probably doesn't make any difference now, but good for thought.
1: I think it does make a difference, because CJ's this completely thorough AR person, you know, that doesn't let details slide. So I'm wondering if there is some truth to that. And that then, would, so Doof-
0: Oh man, that would be <laughs> crazy betrayal.
1: Because what was it? Okay, so you got it goes on. You got the rest of it captured here too, and I think, yeah, so Doofus Monkey continues. This is kind of your, is this yours? Oh, go ahead. Said said, uh, CJ knew the air at Ground Zero turned a person, so she's loose to fitting. It wasn't an experiment. It was attempted murder. So let's go. I think we're missing some stuff, too, because this it, it went into it a little bit more. It made me think about it. I was like, wow. If she wasn't sure that that's what turned someone before and she wanted to completely test that theory out with Victor, mm. that is
0: crazy. It's messed up.
1: And it... I don't know. I have a feeling that is something that CJ would have done because she didn't know them from anybody else at the time.
0: Right. It seemed like she would have been perfectly okay with that. But. <laughs> yep. Yeah. and uh, I yeah, I kind of cut out a little bit of the Doofus Monkey. That was Doofus Monkey that said that last one. Mm-hmm. And I cut out because he kept going and said, Tanya found a loose fitting on a scuba tank supporting my theory that CJ tried to kill Victor. And then he said uh, also after a little bit of conversation with others, Again, see Doofus Monkey says my theory is that C J was paranoid about the possibility of being outnumbered, but was lonely, and that's back whenever it was C J and she had Saul and Victor. Mm-hmm. So if it could have just been her and Saul, that is wild, and uh, that could lead to her losing leadership if that's the route they're going to go for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know,
0: because I mean, it could be easily dismissed saying that
1: you know it must have come loose when you were walking around the first time. I, I don't know. I, I'm very curious. I, I think I think it's a big possibility that she did do it on purpose.
0: Right, and that never even entered my mind. That's an an awesome catch that Deanna and Doofus made.
1: Seriously, cause I that's yeah, I've never even thought about it twice.
0: Have to keep our eye on that one. If I had a prediction spreadsheet, I would definitely add those in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Reagan uh, tweets. <laughs> What's that?
1: I just read this theory
0: but if new she kills theory. people she'll be even more lonely
1: <laughs> that's the next one uh, <laughs> go <going laughs> ahead <laughs> regan said new theory cj is attracted to Saul because no, no, of ground that, zero no no
0: doofus i'm sorry doofus, was doofus says the top the part after victor made it back alive cj felt guilty or didn't have another chance to kill him and then also says
1: <laughs> new theory cj is attracted to Saul because of ground zero you might have genetics to make a, an immune baby. Overplanned. <laughs> <laughs> nicely, nicely put, Doofus. Yes. Do you want to take the next one? Since I sure. I took that last
0: one, uh, our buddy Chris W says, "Uh, Monday's are Alive was great for the creep factor. The ending, uh, for each part, ended on a part that uh, or ended in a way that kept him wanting more from each." He continues that uh, We're Alive fancast with the descriptions of Randy in past episodes could Mr. Redbeard play Randy in the live action version and I replied <laughs> back absolutely he could play he could play Randy he might have to actually trim the beard quite a bit which might be a problem for him but
1: no if I got to be even if Randy is just an extra because he doesn't ever play a major role in this I would love to be <laughs> in an episode of a live action World
0: Oh man That'd be great. You could be like a this like beard guy from some musical group I can't think of their name. You just like stand in the background, in the shadows, while they're doing the live production. Don't what? say anything. While we're lives doing a, a live production, I'm saying you could be standing in the background, not saying oh, anything, uh... and everybody just knows that's Randy back there. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about now. <laughs> a beard guy from. uh
1: He's the the producer for Jay-Z
0: and... No, 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 no. It's a a band. They play really weird music. They covered... I can't think of their name. Huh.
1: Okay.
0: But uh, about last week's show, Deanna, she she replied, loved, loved, loved the English guy. Even the Brits know Pegs is a pita. Not sure if I can say that, but... (laughs) (laughs) And she
1: says, oh, and this episode was great because there were there was no pay. Right, that was
0: last episode. So this episode probably got a couple marks against it. <laughs> well, we, we got a beautifully written paragraph. <laughs> yes. Well, that's uh, that's all the feedback we have for this week that we can cover this week for sure. Sure. <sighs> this has been a Red production. See you guys later. <laughs> yeah, see you next week. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mick Red is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song, Ghostpocalypse, in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. <laughs> Hope Dada makes the Madame Meal. Or the, <laughs> the Madame Meal, that is.
1: Say that five times fast. Right. <laughs> Pegs, uh... So Pegs walks into a bar.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you have Do you have a joke? To make
1: some other guy miserable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> earthquake eat. Unless they're milking horses, I don't know. It sounds like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you laugh? I'm sure you can milk a female horse.
1: Uh, let's... Headed. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> what, what are you doing for Thanksgiving?
0: Well, I've got my baby, uh, my, my brother's baby's coming in, back into town, so I'm going to get sounded, to see her.
1: So like you said
0: my baby mama.
1: <laughs> 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 my baby mama coming no, to town? My
0: baby mama's always in town. <laughs> <laughs>